everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. The audio listeners don't get to see your bow, Tim. You may have to say something, just a little, mm-hmm. little something. Mm. No, I'm good. <laughs> In that case, this is a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror films every week. We get together, we, we, we watch one, we talk about it. That's that's the gist of it. Uh, we also look at horror movie news from the past week as well, so we'll do that first before we get into the movie. There will be a, a timestamp in the description, also be on the screen, right about there if you're watching the video version, tell you when the movie discussion begins, should you wish to jump ahead. But, uh, first of all, we are going to do horror movie news. And it is obviously the Christmas mm-hmm. season, which is why everything's all Christmassy looking and why today's film is a Christmas film. In fact, today's film was the winner of the Patreon vote for the month. Uh, and vote- you know, you gotta wonder, like, why is there no sci-fi time travel movie called Timestamp? <laughs> it seems like that'd be a great title for a sci-fi movie. I don't know. So, you know, I could tell you were itching to jump in, and it's because you knew if you waited too long that that joke would be too late. You didn't want me to get, let me get too far away from the word timestamp. But don't you think that'd be a good sci-fi movie? Timestamp? Everybody yeah, sounds like, all right. Yeah, the guy's like going back in time, and he has to look at old podcasts and check out the timestamps <laughs> to know when to like prevent tragedy or whatever. I think you've lost it. I think you've lost it. <laughs> There's probably a time travel movie called Timestamp that could be made, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think that that pitch is the one that's going to going to make it, Tim. I'm sorry to say. Uh, we'll see. So everyone, the Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV or patrons vote between four films, and the winner. We yeah, obviously we do. We do as an episode, and the winner. Between Have we ever f- not done the winner? No, that would defeat the point. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Jay for April Fools, we do the three losers and not the winner. Actually, that would be pretty funny. <laughs> we trick them and do the other three. Um, no, so, so it was four Christmas films, obviously, for this month. And the winner was Anna and the Apocalypse. So that's what we're going to talk about later. Movie news first. Horror movie news first. We've got the things to talk about. Uh, obviously, there was no news last week because we recorded in advance because Tim uh, couldn't record last week, so there was no news. But uh, I have brought forward one news story from the previous week because I thought it was big enough and interesting enough to mention. Uh, oh God, so this is uncalled for. <laughs> you know how we're getting The Invisible Man, Tim? We're getting Lee Wannell's Invisible Man. we got a trailer already with Elizabeth Moss in it. Yeah. Oh, news to me. No, it's not. He, he, we talked about the trailer like two or three weeks ago. To shop. Yes, I, I am familiar with this uh, Invisible Man you speak of. Yes. Uh, well, that's not even out yet, and Universal are already mm. prepping the Invisible Woman. Uh, what? Which has been pitched by Elizabeth Banks, who will direct it and star in it. And she will be the titular Invisible Woman. No, I mean, can you can you really call it starring in the movie if you can't even see the person throughout <laughs> throughout most of it? Do people not star in animated <laughs> films, Tim? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you see their character, you know. You'll see her in bandages and shit, and <laughs> um, cool. This is, wait, so this uh, but this is in no way related to the Invisible Man movie we have coming out, though, right? Because it's completely oh. different company. <laughs> it's not a different company. We talk about. 
Oh, it's uh, you said this one's Universal and the other one's Bloomhouse, or or does Universal own Bloomhouse? I don't know. Universal doesn't own Bloomhouse, but Bloomhouse are doing it through Universal. Universal's still distributing it. Oh, uh, okay. Universal still own the rights to Invisible Man. Bloomhouse are just the the production company coming in to do it. Uh, but Invisible Man's not public domain. And I mean, maybe it's not. I would have imagined. I, I guess I just imagine most of those universal creatures are but well, it's maybe. weird but we, we, we still kind of like universal monsters are still kind of a thing so i'm not entirely sure what yeah. the, the, the i know dracula the book is public domain but like the universal dracula is not yes i would assume that's okay. the case yeah okay uh okay well that's interesting though so these are connected or or at well, least but, we're we, supposed we, to think that we don't know i mean this is the weird thing like, we don't know if they're building a shared universe or like you know maybe, maybe the pitch was separate and they said well hey we can tie it into this all you have to do is not mention this thing or mention this thing or whatever but uh we don't know um but here's the here's the whole, it's a shared universe but it's only invisible things <laughs> the invisible right. universe yeah the invisible cinematic universe um <laughs> one might describe many universes as invisible cinematic universes because uh, we can't see them. Uh, but sure. the, the only description we have of this is that sources are saying the tone is Thelma and Louise meets American Psycho. Okay, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. A little bit different. Uh, it definitely feels like have a different vibe to the, uh, the, the, the Invisible Man coming out because the Invisible Man is definitely yeah. a straight-up horror movie whereas this sounds like maybe more of a, a tongue-in-cheek uh, sort of film but you know I mean that, that, those could be com- good companions to each other potentially yeah no I mean I definitely uh, I guess I would say intrigued by it um, I do like Elizabeth Banks I don't know if I um, I, I don't think I've seen too many of the stuff that she's like written and directed although I, I guess I did see Pitch Perfect I don't know if she wrote those or directed them I thought she had something to do with them she directed um, the she directed one of the sequels for sure. I don't know if it was both the sequels, yeah. but she did one of the sequels. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I do like her. Um, I guess I, I'm just more intrigued about how it is going to fall in line with the other movie because, yeah, like you said, the other one seems like a straight up horror movie. So, uh, yeah, it will be kind of weird if they're. I, I mean, I guess having two invisible movies like close to each other, you know, even if it's like a year apart or whatever, I assume, but like. Uh, Still, it would seem weird if they're not connected, but then if they are connected, but two completely different tones or styles, that also seems kind of weird. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not against it, but I am uh, definitely curious. I mean, they may not it. be connected, but I mean, it's worth mentioning that there's two other projects in the work that, again, not necessarily connected, but mm. uh, notable in the sense that Universal were planning their whole dark universe and that completely <laughs> got scrapped after one movie because yeah. it was terrible. Um, we have Paul Feig's Dark Army. In development, um, yeah, and yeah. we also have Dexter Fletcher's Rainfield, uh, which is a oh, yeah. <laughs> new take on the on the uh, yeah. the Frankenstein. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, I don't know. The, the all this stuff sounds good. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. Obviously, Rainfield's a new take on Dracula, but there's Dracula. also a new take on yeah. Fran- Frankenstein, apparently, uh, happening to. <sighs> I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't know how to feel about these. Like, I, because on paper, I love this kind of stuff. Like, you mm. know, really, like, you know, you do anything to me that's going to harken back to like, you know, these kind of classic stories or universal takes or just more movies of Dracula's and Frankenstein's. I'm totally in for that. But at the same time, I can't really think of like any examples where it's been done well. Like, 
you know, uh, Victor Frankenstein was god awful. Um, uh, what was the? Uh, uh, oh yeah, the the Tom Cruise mummy was super bad. Uh, you know, what Dracula Untold, obviously <laughs> not good. Uh, so like, I don't know. Like all this stuff sounds cool to me, but I just <laughs> don't really have too much faith in the most people <laughs> to do yeah. it well. Like unless you get a really interesting name behind it, like. I don't. I don't really have anything against Paul Feig, but like him doing a horror thing, or what I'm assuming is going to be like a horror comedy, like you know, doesn't really excite me. Yeah, uh, the Frankenstein one, if you remember, is actually being produced by James Wan. I mean, he's not directing, okay. but you know, he is involved. Yeah. Uh, the whole Dark Army thing is, you know, um. It sounds like it's going to be more of an ensemble movie, and maybe maybe these will all be disconnected just because Dark Army sounds like it's going to be like a weird comedy take on, yeah. you know, all of them. Well, some of them. Maybe yeah, a few I mean, of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I'm definitely intrigued by it, and, you know, <laughs> these all sound like things I want to see. I just, you know, I'm not filled with too much hope, but, hey, you know, could be good. You've been hurt too many times. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, honestly, has there been like a really good take on any of these, you know, creatures in the last like couple of years? Um, I mean, like the only thing I would kind of think of, and I know you didn't like it, but you know, I really like the Shape of Water, which is kind of like you know a take on creature from the Black Lagoon. But even that, it's not like it's connected mm-hmm. or trying to do it or anything. It's just kind of like a homage, I guess. But. No, I I can think of good vampires movies, but I can't think of good Dracula. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. I I I can't think of good Frankenstein. I can't think of good Mummy. <laughs> yeah. Although the Mummy's probably the most recent one though, because the nineteen ninety nine Mummy's a fun movie, and that's probably the most recent good example of these. Yeah, and I do think um, I think someone had like a new Frankenstein movie this year or something that I it's on on our to do list. Uh, yeah. So maybe that will be good. Maybe that low budget Frankenstein. Movie will yeah, be good it's uh, was it Larry Fassenden or something? Who I yes. think, uh, yeah. So I, I'm definitely I'm intrigued by that, but yeah, who knows how uh, that turned out? So we'll we'll see, we'll see. I I, I don't know. It's, I mean, there's no reason why we can't have good versions of these characters or good versions sure. of these monsters again. Um, it's just a case of I, I think I mean I'm excited for Invisible Man because I mean I think that going smaller with it's the smarter idea. I think the biggest mistake. Oh, totally that they've went they've done i mean obviously the 1989 mummy was good fun and it turned it into this indiana jones style thing mm-hmm. the new one with tom cruise tried to do that mixed with actual horror and it just it came off as the just the like it was bad <laughs> like horror movies should not be like we have to save the world at least not in the same Definitely. way as a superhero movie like it can work in something like prince of darkness where it's like okay the ramifications of this thing gets out might be the end of the world but it's not like we're <laughs> we're dealing with giant shock waves and running from exactly. you know big cgi things and, <laughs> and whatever uh like, I, I don't know about you but man i was so excited when uh van helsing came out like i thought that was gonna be <laughs> one of the best <laughs> movies ever and it was so bad and it, that, that's a shame because that could have been like a really cool idea but if like you know yeah they, they did scale it back and keep it smaller and yeah try not to worry about uh these villains with big world conquering ideas and stuff and yeah just like make it like an actual horror movie and or make it more of like a you know harken back to like those old universal days and some which you know don't feel big and grand but yeah i saw that in theaters <sighs> i barely remember it. i just know i hated it like i, I remember thinking yeah. it was a boring mess I remember the CGI being horrible, and then, mm. uh, 
Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it'd be a fun movie to stream or something one day. <laughs> Oh god, don't, don't promise next time. <laughs> uh, next up, let's move on. Uh, so, 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 we have to talk about Peninsula. Do you know what Peninsula is? Um, it's not quite an island, but it is kind of like a small, uh, massive land or something. I don't know. In the context of a movie, do you know what Peninsula uh, okay. is? <laughs> uh, no, but I'm sure you'll tell me. It is the sequel to... The, Michael Bay's The Island? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Train to Busan. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I did see that they were doing a sequel uh, earlier yeah. this week, yeah. Your eyes lit up there when I said that, yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you became interested again. Uh, so, <laughs> Well, why is it not called Train to Peninsula? That's what I, I I mean, a better title. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could, I mean, theoretically, yes, there can be a train to a peninsula. There can be a bridge. There can be a tunnel. There can be all sorts of things. But traditionally, I would say that you don't get trains to peninsulas. Uh, all right, would right. be my guess. Anyway, uh, so uh, apparently, there's a good chance it's arriving in 2020. Uh, so they're preparing market release for summer 2020. Uh, schedule for international release has not been decided yet. So hopefully, that means we get it by the end of the year internationally. Yeah, I think the first one was a big enough hit that they'll probably want to, yeah. you know, not not really wait on that. Uh, and uh, I didn't really read up on it too much, but did they say if it's like same director and everything? Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, director Yun Sang Ho was working on a sequel to the exceptional 2016 zombie film um, Trade of the Sun. Ass- assuming that's the director of the first one, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, Let me double check. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty exciting. Obviously. Uh, you can check out our review on that one. Uh, man, I didn't realize it was 2016. It was so long ago. Um, but maybe it came out later for us. Who knows? Uh, no, but we Train to Busan is... No, we did it in 2016. Yeah. Uh, if you go back and look at our episode. I will not. But uh, yeah, Train to Busan is... Uh, yeah, it's an amazing film. It's one of the... Uh, we should probably jot that down for uh, Best of the Decade or whatever. Yeah, this we're, thing we're that doing is. our top 50 of the decades <laughs> happening, Timmy. Better get working on it um but no that's a yeah that's a great movie and so i definitely would be interested um you know granted as long as it's the you know like the same uh director and stuff like it it's is just some... i've confirmed it okay. it's the same director cool. uh, well then yeah i'm totally down for this so the film will revisit the same zombie virus that was seen in the original movie except this time will focus will be expanded to the entire korean peninsula i feel like your definition of peninsula is incorrect here <laughs> because I, know, I was just guessing the entire Korean p- peninsula does not make me think of smaller than an <laughs> island <laughs> what am I I'm not a geologist or whatever studies <laughs> islands <laughs> oh dear um, but yes uh, so that's coming summer 2020 in Korea that is uh, and hopefully to everywhere well, else. Looks like we're gonna make a trip. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a fun. That'd be a fun uh, travel. Uh, you know, episode. Peter and Peter and Tim go to Korea. You wouldn't last a day in Korea, my friend. You wouldn't last <laughs> an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll book the uh, I'll book the flights and uh, you know I'll, we'll you'll you'll go to North Korea and I will go to, <laughs> to South Korea. <laughs> we'll meet up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> also why did i get the feeling that this this trip will turn into like the the, the plot of the the perfection i don't know <laughs> i could just bad idea. see one of us getting a getting a weird <laughs> virus anyway uh so yes uh peninsula is coming next year uh sequel to trade uh next yeah, up fantasy um, island peninsula what's next continent <laughs> Next up, uh, Sweetheart, which is the Bloomhouse film that we looked at the trailer for a little while ago. Uh, it's the survival film on an island. There's some sort of monster. More islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kirstie Clemens is uh, in it. Uh, who finds herself completely alone on a small tropical island after her boat goes down. By day, every ounce of her strength, cunning and courage is strained, simply to find food, outlast the elements, and survive. But as the sun sets, Jen's wake- waking nightmare inexorably grows into terror when the malevolent force comes to stalk the jungle for prey. Uh, the news here, the news here, is that it's going to be hitting Netflix on Christmas Day. Of this year? Of this year, yes. Oh. Well, Merry Christmas, I guess. So, what we're saying is, is this will be an early January episode of Screams, so... Congratulations, everyone. I'm going to let a cat in, Tim. Give your thoughts. Uh, yeah, if you remember, um, I think this was the trailer <laughs> that I, uh, I watched the, the different version of, or a different movie, uh, so I didn't really see what the trailer was. Uh, it was just that one that I'm thinking of. Um, so, I, I don't know. I have no opinion of it, uh, but I'll check it out. Sure. I like islands. Why not? Though you like islands, though. Yeah. I thought it was too many islands a minute ago. Well, I mean, so once I found out it was on Christmas, that's a yeah. Now it's a Christmas movie. I'm a little more intrigued. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Next up, <laughs> uh, so 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 uh, so. The Canon Film Group and MGM have secured a 50 million movie slate financing deal. Uh, for fifty million movies, fifty million dollar oh, movie okay. slate financing deal uh, for a new production venture, and it's coming with a movie. There's going to be a movie here that goes along with this. Uh, Darren Lynn Bowsman, who directed The Collector, which I kind of like, honestly, <laughs> uh, also saw two, three, and four, and the upcoming Saw Nine. <laughs> okay, he's back. All right, <laughs> he's back for Saw Nine, but he's going to be doing a new movie. Um, so. Yes. Uh, so Globus, I mean, they, they made a bunch, you know, Canon and Globus, they made a mm-hmm. bunch of movies back in the 80s. Masters of the Universe, Bloodsport, mm-hmm. The Delta Force, Death Wish sequels, you know, they, they were, you know, the, the yeah, schlock it, company in the 80s. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, the uh, Canon documentary is like must watch. Uh, it, like, you know, if you like, you know, movies about movies and stuff, that's a really good one. I, uh, I think it was called like Electric Boogaloo or something, a Canon documentary, something along those lines. But it, oh, really? it was on Netflix for a long time. But it's really, really good. Well, I assume then that Canon actually made uh, uh, Break Into Electric Boogaloo. That's why they used that I, title. I believe they did. Yes. <laughs> Unless I'm thinking of something else, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> that sounds fine. That sounds good. Uh, so anyway, so he's making a film called Tension for them now. Um, yeah. Yeah. From high uh, tension to just tension. Written by Mother's Day writer Scott Milam, uh, or Milam maybe. Mother's Day. That one we did. <laughs> I don't remember that one. We haven't done Mother's Day now. As a horror movie, 
Or is that like one of those like uh, Jennifer Lopez movies where she doesn't no, get along with her mother and all? No, Tim, not only is it a horror movie, it's a remake of, a, of an old horror movie. There's like a 70s oh, okay. version as well. Oh, okay. Which I have actually, I actually have the first one on Blu-ray, the, the 70s one. Oh, I do not think, I do not believe I've seen that. Mm, well, we'll have to do them at some point then, won't we? <laughs> uh, so Tangent follows a group of four friends participating in an extreme immersive horror experience on Halloween. Well, this is done to like uh, Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> as, yeah, I'm kind of already out. <laughs> as what was supposed to be a twisted game of manipulation turns to a horrific night of terror. Actually, it sounds like Haunt, even, which we just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, whatever, that could be good, I guess. But I... Like, these kind of things, I feel like we've been seeing pop up more and more, so it doesn't really get me too jazzed. But, I mean, I, 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 won't, I won't totally write it off, I, you know could be something to it but yeah just anytime something is like ooh, um, yeah like uh they're going to a haunt or a vr thing or an escape room or an immersive experience and then uh, surprise it goes wrong and frightful and whatnot it's like yeah yeah whatever i'm glad you gave your opinion tim we can move <laughs> on to the final news story of the week which is that singapore's 108 media is developing a film called best served cold a new horror action film that mixes mma with black magic <laughs> interesting okay the film is a mix of supernatural action noir revolving around Susanna sim an ex-mma fighter turned private detective who uses her fists and her knowledge of southeast asia black magic while working with malaysian mythical creature uh, or a ma- <laughs> malaysian mythical creature to find a rich new client's missing husband uh <laughs> so uh, anna osman aka athena a top female mma fighter from malaysia will star so they've actually got an mma Cool. Uh, you know, person to star in this. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what this is. This a noir, <laughs> black magic, MMA. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I will say, as a horror fan, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really care about this. But it does sound like the kind of action movie I would like to see. Mm. So, I, I, I don't know. It's, a, I, I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm assuming it's gonna like. It, like from that description it sounds like it'll skew more to like a fun action movie versus like you know an actual good horror movie i mean maybe i could be wrong but uh, i don't know that sounds cool yeah um i'm, I'm not particularly enthused but you never know it might, it might have the right tone the right mood the right atmosphere the right style yeah. whatever i think yeah like i i think when you have this kind of movie the thing that it's like they will sell it is going to be like the stunts and you know that kind of thing like it's you know like i'm I'm thinking of again less horror movies but you know stuff like the raid or i don't know like old like uh you know like hong kong action movies or something where it's just like uh yeah you just seeing people do like really cool (laughs) incredible stunts and stuff like that that could be fun there you go that's the news that is uh all of it this week um later week but i think it's because thanksgiving was last week so there was a, a bit of a slowdown in the news front we felt in the tv news as well uh so without further ado then uh, it's time to go into our, our movie discussion for the week and uh as said earlier patreon winner and in the apocalypse uh is this what we're going to talk about it is a zombie christmas musical and no. Are there, are there any specific patrons you want to shout out for, for this or say thank you? No. Is it, 
Okay. Definitely <laughs> no not. Patreon producers or anything. Okay. I'll get to the Patreon producers later, <laughs> but right now we're, we're starting the discussion. Uh, we'll start spoiler free, as we always do. We'll give you warnings somewhere in the middle before we go into spoilers. Uh, this movie came out officially last year to the public, but it was actually at festivals a year before that, so this <laughs> technically was made in 2017 and released to festivals by the end of 2017, but it didn't come out. But... So I can't make our best of year list. <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> but this is the funny thing, though, is that basically, this happens a lot with festival movies, where they'll, they'll come out in festivals one year and they'll get released early to mid the following year. But because this is a Christmas movie, they had to wait <laughs> until, uh, <yeah. laughs> until the end of November because obviously no one wants to go see a Christmas musical in July. So that makes sense. Uh, so so we didn't do it last year um, because I guess I just I was smart enough to avoid it last year as my <laughs> as my explanation so we're going to talk about it now um, it's yeah it's you know the, the poster even says it's Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land and it is set in a high school in the UK it's a British film uh, it's actually there was like a Scottish funding thing at the start of it and there's a lot of Scottish characters in this although I don't think it's actually meant to be set in Scotland I think it's like there's like a mix of there's also a random American character for, for reasons mm-hmm. Uh, although yeah. I did notice, uh, yeah, Mark Millar played one of the characters. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> I love how you're bringing up the one Scottish person you can think of. I was just trying to, uh, you know, uh, remind you of your favorite favorite comic book creator. So, what what are the, the uh, one of the weird things for me actually watching this is because it did have some weird Scottish spattering of actors. It may have been shot in Scotland, even if it's not set there. Uh, is that there was it a was. lot of actors where they were putting on like a really posh, as posh as they could voice. So sometimes it was actually hard to tell even for me if they were Scottish or English. I was like, what accent is that? And I'm still listening. It became more clear though, because the, 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 the sort of the biggest character who's Scottish is like the best friend character. I was sort of going back and forth on him depending on his line of dialogue. Because every line of dialogue, it felt like it was switching between Scottish and English. And then he started singing and it was clear that he was Scottish because the singing <laughs> sounded so Scottish. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't understand what anyone was saying. I kept trying to <laughs> check my audio settings to see if I had had it on the right one. I was like, it keeps, it's, it's saying it's in English, but I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good, very good. Uh, so yeah, it's it's, it's it's towards the end of the final year of high school for Anna and her friends, and she wants to go backpacking around Australia and not go to university, much to her father's dismay. Uni. Uni, yes, as it's abbreviated in the UK. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any other words that were catching you off guard, Tim? That were confusing. <laughs> no <laughs> just that one <laughs> just that one okay yeah. uh, so i'm sure you figured it out from context though that uni is just short for university right you, yes i know i know <laughs> i'm sure it clicked i'm sure it clicked course, for you yeah. uh, so basically that's that's the gist it's christmas time there's like a school like talent show going on as well and zombies outbreak and they have to survive zombies there you go that's the gist of the plot that's all you need <laughs> um so tim yeah. Did you enjoy Anna and the Apocalypse? <laughs> yeah, I, it's kind of funny. I, I, I did really want to love this just because I thought that you might hate it. <laughs> but um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I wasn't crazy about it. And I'm, the, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm not against musicals. I, I you know, actually do like musicals quite a bit. Like, uh, I'm not a, you know, connoisseur, but. 
uh you know i do think it's, it's cool i don't think you're do. a connoisseur of anything tim but go on <laughs> uh but like no like i you know oh we recently just you know watched the uh you know musical episode of buffy which is you know which is a very uh you know crowd pleasing uh <laughs> episode so i'll be bringing that up later tim don't you worry <laughs> i thought you might but uh no so like you know i i, I do like it but I I didn't think this to me though like it seemed more like kind of high school musical kind of thing uh where it's like uh I don't really like like these kids singing about these songs and stuff and like the I don't think the characters were were great they're pretty um you know surface level I never really got you know too much feeling from any of them and then it seemed like a lot of the stuff they were just doing to do it like it, it didn't really feel like a very um i don't know like interesting story i guess to me like there's like kind of this like bad guy at the end that i felt like just kind of comes out of nowhere that's like all right i feel like we've barely seen anything of this person from the movie now it's like he's like the you know the big enemy or whatever um and yeah and then like all the zombie and stuff isn't great it's not shot very well like it you know has that kind of usual uninteresting like kind of i don't know shiny digital look that a lot of i feel like uh you know either like straight to dvd or whatever kind of movies have so i don't know like overall it's not the worst thing in the world like i think it's an easy enough watch um you know some of the songs are catchy and you know there's a few fun moments here and there but i mean otherwise it didn't do much for me i'm so thrilled to hear your negativity tim (laughs) i'm so thrilled (laughs) Uh, needless to say I did not like it I hated it in fact I I was miserable (laughs) throughout the entire thing for a variety of reasons Um, it looked like a soap Uh, yeah that's a good way to put it yeah yeah, it really felt that way to me Um, actually I want to pick up on a point you said there how you you said it felt like it was just doing things to do it I felt that the whole way through it felt like to me that the plot was just an afterthought to try and string all these things together and what they really had was a collection of skits from like a saturday night live-esque sketch show that they wanted to do you know and in fact even as i was watching it um i was watching it on stream and there was a bit of research being done and it came from a short film and the short film is like and someone even said this when we were watching the scene but there's a scene where she's sort of dancing and it's it's almost ripping off Shaun of the dead where she's not noticing that there's zombies around her but she's singing and dancing throughout the street is that it almost felt like that like that was the idea they had this idea for this one moment of her singing and dancing as the zombies are causing chaos around her and the entire movie's built around that and sure enough the short film that it came from was basically that scene or it started with that scene at least so um yeah everything felt like it was there just to facilitate all these like weird music videos that they had ideas for that had some zombie humor in them um and that was basically it yeah i, I think what it basically comes down to is um when you have it, it's easy to sell you know christmas zombie musical like that's like a very easy log line to give someone like hey you want to watch a movie it's a christmas zombie musical like that's something that people will be like oh yeah ha 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 that's so funny i'll check that out and um it, it's fine if that's your concept but again you want to build like a you know have interesting characters and an interesting story uh around that that facilitates the reason why you're doing it but like you said it doesn't feel like that. It, it's like they were just doing stuff that they're like, oh, this is funny and this can lead to this and do this kind of song if, and we'll hit this beat. Like, 
it felt like instead of using like okay so even though i don't like musicals right so you take the idea you've got a musical christmas zombie movie it felt like instead of saying okay how can we play with the genre using these new elements how can we mix these things together and actually create interesting moments instead it felt like we just want to do the songs so we're just going to take the most standard zombie plot do nothing to it and just fit the songs on top of it with no yeah. attempt to actually make any kind of point with it um mm-hmm. the only point that the movie is trying to make because you know obviously all the best zombie movies have social commentary in them there's kind of a loose like being distracted by technology sort of theme that's there yeah. very <laughs> in a small way to the point where when they first started singing about it halfway through the movie i was like wait has this even been a thing and it was kind of there for the rest of the movie but it wasn't really a big thing before that to me um well i think the big problem with it is like all right if this is your concept i want a lot of the songs to be about like horror things and zombie things mm. but like most of the songs, like I, I feel like you get uh, quite a fair bit of songs, like even before the zombie outbreak happens. Oh and yeah, then, like, honestly, that, that was the first problem. Is that the first song happens, you know, within like five minutes of the movie starting, and it's like a really dramatic song about feeling trapped in your life. And I'm like, I barely yeah. know these characters. <laughs> this is this is far far too heavy this early yeah. in the movie for the, for this song. And then, oh, totally. a, and I mean, Tim, did you know that there's no such thing as a Hollywood ending? <laughs> oh go on <laughs> please <laughs> yeah like it, it feels like so yeah like contrived and like and again this is where um i've never actually seen high school the musical but like i imagine that this is kind of what it's like you know it's you know these kids in high school is talking about their problems and how they're socially awkward and they like this person or blah 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 whatever and yeah, all this stuff like, hey, it's a, like you said, like, you know, oh, there's no such thing as a Hollywood ending or, oh, I'm going to be the best me today. Like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like, that's not what I was hoping for. I was hoping for, you know, lots of songs about like uh, zombies and like smashing yeah, heads. You, and you, you, you were hoping for something that would be a song where the chorus would be like, you've got to shoot them in the head. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to shoot them in the head. You know, exactly. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or, or like, uh, I, I guess the, the one thing you kind of have is like that one bully ish character, like his song, but even then that's still more oh, of like, Tim, did it not like, you, cause, so that song comes right. And like, the yeah. Billy character comes in and he's kind of like, he thinks he's all cool cause he's beating up zombies. The song yeah. that plays at that bit without getting to spoilers, the song that plays at that bit is a rip off beat for beat of eye of the tiger. I couldn't believe how close it was. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I didn't put that together. It did kind of sound familiar, but I'll have to, well, I don't want to go back and listen, but, uh, I'm sure the soundtrack's on Spotify or whatever, Tim, yeah. or YouTube, you, go, go listen to just that track and just listen to the way it starts with a, and then listen to the chorus. Like it just, it's so eye of the tiger. But like, yeah, like that one, uh, you know, at least he is kind of talking about how he's, you know, killing stuff. But then again, also so much of it is like also about like being a man and being a soldier and stuff. And it's like, yeah, still not really exactly what also, I Also, he starts that song right before he starts singing. He kind of like pushes the ladies. Because like, I don't worry, ladies, I'll take care of this. And then he goes, groovy. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, unless you you're, <laughs> unless you're Ash, Ash from Evil Dead, unless you're Bruce Campbell, that just sounds like a really weird random word to use. And that, that was the other problem is that no one seemed to be, I don't know, like everything just felt like, a sketch show it felt like it wasn't taking itself seriously and i know that sounds may sound insane like you want the zombie you know 
Christmas musical to take itself seriously. I want to take itself seriously in the sense that, I mean, it can be obviously funny and it can be like really tongue-in-cheek and whatever. This is the thing. Shaun of the Dead is obviously a zombie comedy, right? It's a rom com right? <laughs> it's a rom com yeah. Romantic yeah. zombie comedy. And... But it still takes itself seriously in the sense that it takes its premise seriously and still slowly builds the, the escalation of what's happening around it. Whereas this movie's not concerned with doing that. This movie's just like, no, nah, you know what a zombie movie is? There's zombies. Just, yeah. you know, have zombies. Yeah, and it's like there's, you know, like a decent number of characters, but like, I don't know, See, it kind of feels like everyone wants like, you know, different things, like you know um like you have the main character that wants to get back to her dad and then like you know the other character that's just like in love with that character and then like um you know the american character i never really <laughs> remember what she wants but she's kind of just there and she's upset because uh, her parents are in mexico <laughs> they might be dead um but it, it doesn't feel like there's like a specific uh, like i i don't know like what like what is like the goal of the movie i guess it's to go rescue her dad that's at the pageant or whatever he's at the school because um, he's a janitor at the school which uh yeah. the evil like vice principal although we don't really have vice principals in the uk but that's essentially because he, he keeps saying that he's going to be principal <laughs> that he's going to be in charleston so he's he's, he's, yeah. he's essentially that uh but it but it feels kind of weird because it's like you start at the school and then you have some characters that are at the school but you don't really see much of them and then others yeah. <clears throat> that aren't and then like you know, like usually in a movie, you kind of want to keep going forward and stuff. And it feels weird that it's like they're at this place, then they're not, and now their goal is to get back to this place. Um, I don't know. Just, <laughs> it just is kind of boring. Yeah. Better trivia for you, Tim. We don't call them principals in the UK. Oh, yeah? <laughs> they head Headmasters or something? Head, well, yeah, headmaster, I think, is an old school thing, but we called them head teacher yeah. when, when teacher. we were in school. Uh, and there was technically second in commands, but there was more than one. There was like four mm-hmm. assistant head teachers. Uh, when I was in school. Interesting. Okay. Well, it varies from school to school, but I'm just, you know, <coughs> that's my experience. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, the, I just, everything about it feels like it's just going through the motions uh, to me. And I get the, 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 the primary concerns, the songs, but surely a good musical should be using the songs to advance the plot. And I felt like a lot of the songs just paused the movie so they could have a song that made almost no dramatic point and then yeah. continued afterwards. Like, you know, the whole, uh, like, the Hollywood ending one in the, in the cafeteria in school, which, again, is before all the zombie stuff happens, um, it's just them saying about how there's no such thing as a perfect happy ending. And, like, but there's not even been a plot that started yet to even, like, think about what, what the ending's for. Like, they're, they're just kind of talking about life. <laughs> and yeah. It's weird. Well, I mean, yeah, and in terms of, like, uh, you know, music and stuff, it feels like kind of generic music that you would hear in a musical. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really sound. I mean, like you said, that one just sounds like it's ripping off, um, you know, Eye of the Tiger, <clears throat> and like, um, yeah, like that Hollywood ending one. Um, I, I can't pinpoint to something that's ripping off, but it it does sound like the kind of thing that you would hear in like any musical. Like you, you know, you, you can yeah. drop it into like anything. Like you know, there's nothing that um, you know, makes it like stand out. And uh, and <laughs> I, I watched this about two days ago, and. Honestly, I really couldn't tell you any, like, lines or whatever. Like, you know, like, like obviously, I only saw it the one time. But still, if it is a really good movie and something's, like, really catchy, you know, afterwards, you'll find yourself being like, oh, yeah, like, that one song. And you at least remember a line or hum the tune or whatever. And, like, yeah, this, I can't really <laughs> remember that much about it. Like, I know, oh, yeah, there was a song where they th- sing about themselves or, 
about the bully fighting or about the yeah teacher guy being whatever Evil. like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like i can't really tell you like what the songs exactly sounded like or whatever yeah i mean the, the one that stuck out to me actually towards the end uh no spoilers here again yet but like there's this there's a scene where our main character's kind of like facing a stage and like there's kind of the big climax is about to happen and i shit you not the lyrics of this song were very similar to one of the songs from the buffy musical episode um <laughs> because if you remember the Buffy musical episode she gets to the stage oh, and the, the, the demon's there because <laughs> you just watched it yeah. Uh, yeah but the start of that song goes life's a show and we all play a part <laughs> right yeah um like the start of the song the song here it basically says the same thing where she's saying oh life's just a big stage and we're all just you know <laughs> filling out our roles or something like that. you know it was like paraphrased yeah. and i'm not saying they necessarily were ripping off the buffy episode because maybe it's just a generic enough kind of sentiment to put into a musical sure. that you know multiples can use it but the fact that i was even thinking that not being someone who's seen a lot of musicals because i don't like them and i was <laughs> even i was saying oh i recognize basically this exact thing from a different musical is well, a problem I- well, I think my big question to you, though, is, mm-hmm. all right, so as someone who doesn't like musicals, do you like that episode of Buffy, though? Well, I do, yeah, but I mean, okay. <laughs> but there's a couple of reasons for that. I think one is that, A, there's an in-universe reason for the saying. Yep. Two. I, I like that a lot, yeah. Two, um, I have known those characters for six years at that point, so they're like old friends, so seeing them goof around and sing and dance doesn't annoy me as much as like characters that I've not met yet. Uh and then three, the songs in that are actually really well written and that they all advance the plots and talk about things that the characters have all been hiding from each other all season up until that point, you know? So Yeah, and, and they're like, you know, they're pretty... And again, like, after I watched that episode, which obviously I'd seen it before, but, you know, it'd been a couple of years. Like, it, it's not like... And it, it probably maybe... I'd only seen it like three or four times or whatever, but still, once that was done, like, I you know, had the song stuck in my head and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, that was a good song. That was a catchy one. And yeah. blah, blah, blah. It isn't right. It isn't fair. Yeah. <laughs> there was no parking anywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, I do think it's funny in that too, that like, obviously like Willow must not be able to sing or something. Oh, yeah, Al- like- <laughs> yeah. Alison Harrigan can't sing. So she's got like a couple of joke lines in the, the middle of some songs, but that's it. Um, like, a, a, like towards like the last song or whatever, like Giles is like, uh, He's just like, Anya, Tara, go back her up. Like, he obviously, like, it's just like, ah, oh, Willow, you don't need to do anything. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's even a line in that big song where they're all walking towards the fire, that one, yeah, where yeah. Uh, Willow <laughs> just goes, this line is mostly filler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, to her credit, she knew she couldn't sing. She said, hey, I can't yeah. sing. Don't make me do it. Um, That's cool. And obviously, and that- I mean, when you're watching that episode, you can tell that uh, Anthony Shirthead and James Masters were both in bands because they're both really good at singing <laughs> compared yeah, to everyone else. Y- yeah, they're they're really surprising. Who, um, yeah, uh, and then Giles actually ends up showing up in a in a other musical, uh, Repo the Genetic Opera. If you've ever seen that, I have not, uh, but does not surprise me. And then uh, one last Buffy tangent before <laughs> we get back. Hey, I, I, I'm all for more tangents from the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> this this is actually something funny that I was looking at the other day, uh, just out of curiosity, since I'm like rewatching the the show and stuff. I was like, you know, I never played that Buffy video game, so I wonder like what it was like. So I kind of was just looking up some videos of it, mm-hmm. uh, and it's funny that they're, they're like doing cutscenes with the characters and stuff, and um, uh, I, I don't think they got uh xander seems to be his own voice but uh i think maybe giles might do his but it seems like everyone else you know they just got stand-ins or whatever um, well I don't, I don't know about the first one but the second one chaos bleeds um yeah 
they got everyone but Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like everyone else is there. Oh really? Because I was. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that was the one I was watching. But the the person that was doing Willow definitely did not sound like Willow to me because it, it just sounds like someone that's like just keeps taking like deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> I can like, swear. Like... <laughs> yeah, I can swear it's everyone because I remember like playing it when it came out because I got it like for Christmas that year, and I remember her, <laughs> Buffy being the one that was not her. Like that was the the thing. Buffy, but... yeah. Buffy's definitely not her, and then I, I didn't watch that many cutscenes, so maybe I, I can't tell. But the, the the person that is playing Willow, if it is actually Alison Hannigan, it, it does not sound. Like she was falling ends what you're saying. Maybe maybe, maybe yeah. it was two of them. Maybe it was just maybe it was two of them that were on there. But um, <laughs> the rest of them were definitely there because it was uh, you know because even got Sid D- Dummy back for that, and it was like the same actor, I think. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> should we talk about Anna and the Apocalypse? Great game. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess the one other, obviously, you know, talked a lot about the, uh, you know, musical aspect and stuff, because that's kind of the big thing here. That's what makes it stand out and what's different and everything. But, uh, you know, you should probably mention, you know, the actual horror zombie aspect of it, which uh, mostly sucks. is not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mostly sucks. There's, there's one good kill and one good laugh that comes from it that I really liked. Okay. There's one, there's one moment that made me laugh properly. And I'll give it credit there's- for it. Yeah, there's like a few that I thought like weren't bad, uh, but I didn't really necessarily like the way the zombies look. And and again, like you were kind of saying before, how it looks like a soap. Like, yeah, just just that kind of the whole look of it in general is like, you know, just this kind of I don't know, it seems like very digital to me. To me, like kind of look that I don't like in horror movies. So like, yeah, like a lot of the mm-hmm. blood and stuff just did not look great. No, I concur. I concur. Uh, so I guess we'll give the spoiler warning and talk about the movie uh, some more. But before I do uh, go into the spoiler section, let me thank our Patreon producers for the month of December, David Short, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. Thank you to you. Those are all patrons at the $20 or up tier on patreon.com slash TV. You can support us over there for as little as $1 per month and get bonuses. In fact, for Screams After Midnight, you get an extra episode every month, an exclusive extra episode. There's a back catalogue now of about 12 of them I think you can go back and check out. Uh, but obviously there's going to be a Christmas one for this month, uh, which we're recording next week. So that should be fun. It's a bit doozy. <laughs> Looking forward to yeah. <laughs> and uh, and of course uh, you know I would also like to thank uh, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Dennis. Of course, Dennis. Uh, well, you can thank people, and I can. <laughs> who's Dennis? He knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and of course, at the five dollar tier, you get voting rights. You know, every month you get yeah, maybe to the crypt and a bunch of other stuff. So, uh, go and have a look. In fact, starting in January as well, there'll be a couple of episodes of streams that go up early on Patreon. Uh, so, you know, so, so some things to get over there. Uh, but mostly, you're keeping the content coming and uh, helping us feed our cats and and Tim's taste dogs. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, uh, but anyway, so let's get into the, the movie uh, spoiler spoiler free, or the full spoilers, what I mean. For, for, uh, what I meant to say there was free of the fear of spoilers, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so, yes, full spoilers for Adam the Apocalypse. Not that it really matters that there's much to spoil. Uh, so... So I I was really annoyed early on because it kept like really overplaying some of its hands where it couldn't just hint that Anna's mum was dead. It had to like have multiple characters say something stupid and go, oh no, I just said that your mum's dead. Oh, like because at one point the American girl's like, oh, at least at least you you don't have a mum anymore. Like, oh no, Jesus, I can't believe I just said that. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff is uh pretty annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so that bugged me. Um, I, I, I yeah, yeah, because there's a couple of songs. Early on, there's a song where they're just in school and they sing about life being hard or whatever and then the big ones at the cafeteria where they all uh, sing about there's no Hollywood ending Ugh. <laughs> and they're all singing dancing around and it's a whole thing and whatever um, it's not until the next day that the zombies really attack in any great way and we get the Shaun of the Dead kind of knockoff scene where she's singing and dancing through the street and not paying attention to the fact that there's zombies everywhere Um but you know, uh, actually, no, I'm glossing over the whole uh, talent show thing because we need to talk about that. We have to talk about the very inappropriate uh, 17 year old who's doing the sexy dancing and singing for all the creepy old men in the audience, all the old parents in the audience. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe this is a thing in the UK. No, uh, it's not. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just don't... the thing. So she's doing the whole thing where she sort of like you know bobbing the el- you know the shoulders, you know like. Send. She's not singing Santa Baby, but she might as well be. You know, she's doing the, yeah. you know, the, the the sort of the classy but slutty, like sort of sexy singing. It, it's yeah. Everything is about like Santa. Let me come and open your package and sit on your lap, or like all yeah. this crap like that. The, the, the last, I mean, there's a line about Santa emptying his sack, um, yeah. and then I think the last line is something like, uh, you know. I mean, I never really thought of this as one of the musical songs because she's actually singing it at a talent show, but I guess it kind of it does kind of count. Um, but I just all, and, and then eventually she's got like backing dance it's all these like high school boys with shirts off like dancing with candy canes and I'm like what school allows this what is this nonsense <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of Mean Girls actually because there's a scene in Mean Girls where they sure. do this like sexy Santa dance and all I could think was these are maybe like 16, 17 years old and like the school would never allow this shit <laughs> are you kidding me oh no definitely not and like we had a, a talent show at like at our school before and I, I think it was mostly just like um like bands playing songs but like mm. everything was very heavily like you know you had to submit all your lyrics and stuff uh to be approved before you could do it and blah blah like you know you couldn't have any cursing or anything suggestive like that so yeah like you know uh, no school would allow that and um yeah and it's one thing to sing a suggestive song but then yeah like when you actually have you know backup dancers uh you, you know with with like you know, obviously they're wearing clothes, but you know, they're like shirt, their like, you know, bodies are exposed and stuff. And like, uh, you know, I, on the one hand, I, I did think it was kind of nice to have like, Oh, you know, like the men are being objectified, uh, you know, as opposed to like the women usually, but still, yeah, the fact that it is like a school and yeah, but even you know, even, I, even before you get to the the, 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 the shirtless, uh, men dancing, she's actually being so, you know, quote-unquote sexy that all the old yeah. parents and the, all, all the men in the audience are all like i, I swear there's a shot <laughs> at one point where someone like crosses their legs to imply they're having an erection and they and, and again this is all the parents in the audience yeah. um uh, and our granny's like yeah <laughs> good job honey you did a good job um so this was this was a, a weird a weird scene uh before her there's some penguins on stage and uh, not real penguins oh, yeah. two, two people dressed as penguins with a penguin rap which played again during the end credits may i add uh yeah. it's just it's just so funny they just had to play it again just had to play it again yep uh so and she was all upset though because her boyfriend whose character's name i don't even know uh she he uh because this isn't anna this is this is our friend this is her friend the scottish girl 
Uh, mm-hmm. two, two. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the names. I didn't learn the names in this. I don't remember. Her name was Lisa, I think. Yeah, Lisa. Yeah, okay. Um, but her her uh, her boyfriend didn't show up because he was helping the American girl film something. Uh, because I don't know. There was a lot of weird things that didn't really go anywhere. Like I felt like the whole like the mum being dead for Anna didn't really amount to much, and I felt like the American girl filming stuff didn't really amount to much. Uh, well, like uh, that's why like everything is just. You know, they don't really feel like very fleshed out characters. It just feels very surface level. Mm. Like, again, you know, oh, she's the, you know, sensitive girl who's had a tragedy and now she wants to, like, you know, go exploring instead of go to school like her dad wants. It's like, all right, you really don't get any character development outside of that. And then, you know, like with her friend, it's like he's like, you know, the best friend that secretly has a crush on her. And it's like, okay, but what else do we know about him? And it's like, yeah, then the other guy, it's like, all right, he likes to film and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I, I get what the movie's doing with this message, you know, because, like, because it kind of shifts a little bit by the end because the technology stuff actually it felt like a red herring to me in terms of what it seems actually were. Because the movie's about her wanting to, you know, leave and run up, not run away necessarily, literally, but, like, basically get away from her, her childhood life as quickly as possible. And at the end, it's, like, this idea that, because she wasn't paying attention to how much how, how much she should have been appreciating her father and her her surroundings, uh, that it, it it got destroyed and now she has no choice. It doesn't exist for her anymore. It's about growing up, right? It's about okay. You don't realize how much you should appreciate your childhood life until you've not got it anymore, and until it's not an option. That's what the movie's really doing. Is it's not very good the way it does it, but I mean that's what's there. Um, and if they'd leaned into that a little bit more, it might have worked. It might have been this great coming of age zombie story. Um, sure. But it isn't. It just does not. Um, so, like I say, next morning, she's dancing and singing. Her best friend, uh, John's dancing and singing as well. And they meet up in, an, in the cemetery. They're actually dancing past all these gravestones. But like I say, as she's like singing and dancing through her street, she's passing like people being killed by zombies and shit, and she's not noticing. So, very Shaun of the Dead-esque in terms of its uh, its uh, tactic there. And- there was one little bit I liked in the background where you see like a mother's pushing a stroller and then like she runs away. And then when I saw that, I was like, I was like, Oh, is she just going to leave her baby there? And then like a, a scene or two later, they do show like a zombie just eating like whatever's in the, <laughs> like, like a stroller or whatever. So I, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. We're actually coming up to the one moment I actually laughed at, like genuinely, not because it was bad or stupid, but because it was actually quite funny. Uh, so the first zombie that attacks them, they're in like a little playground area. There's like you know, it's a, you know, it's a swing, a seesaw, and whatever. And like they don't know what to do. They're kind of like trying to get away from it and whatever. And eventually, Anna kind of like says, "Lure them there to the end of the seesaw," and she like sort of like you know pushes the seesaw down really hard on the other side, and it decapitates a zombie. Now. Like the, the shots from behind the zombie's head and the head comes off and there's blood spurting out. It's not the greatest effect ever, but you know, it's whatever. It's a fine little effect. Um, but John, who's in shot with it, just points at it and goes, ah! and I have to admit, that actually did make me laugh. Like him, him sort of just screaming <laughs> at this decapitated zombie in front of him it did make me chuckle. So I'll give it credit. It did one funny joke. <laughs> have a point movie. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's not bad. Like, uh, I, I will say, by and large, a lot of the, like, other humor in it, like, I, I, I didn't really care for. Um, one of the stuff that really bugged me is, uh, like, when they would talk about, like, celebrities and stuff, and, like, 
you know, they would oh, have... Oh, Tay-Tay. I wonder if Tay-Tay is okay. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's like, I, I hate that kind of humor where it's just like, I don't know, I, I guess the joke is, like, it is a joke because he's like a, a, a man, so I don't know, the fact that he loves Taylor Swift that much is like funny or something, I don't know, or just calling her by like a dumb nickname or like, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I don't like that kind of humor. <laughs> Nah, none of that worked for me. Everything in the book, because basically they go to the bowling alley and they meet up with uh, the American girl and the boyfriend of Lisa, because Lisa's at the school with the, the parents. Um, why, why the parents are all at the school, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, Well, I, I, I guess we're supposed to believe that they were at the talent show and then I guess maybe the outbreak happened towards the end of the night, so they were all stuck there. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that, but... <laughs> they, they really don't give like much of a reason it's you know very strange i don't know if i buy that but yeah uh so basically they're there there's a whole thing where they're complaining they, they sing about not being able to communicate with anyone so this is where the technology theme kind of kicks in where one's on their phone they can't talk to anyone one's on a laptop and they can't talk to anyone and you know whatever but they say a whole song about it. They say a whole song about not being able to communicate with anyone. So keep in mind, this is now the first song sort of post them knowing about a zombie outbreak and all they're singing about is not being able to talk to someone face-to-face. Like, that's yeah. that's what they're singing about. Um, there's a whole sequence where the zombies do get in. Uh, there's one in the bathroom or whatever and they break in. Uh, there's a lot of really sort of absurd comedy here with bowling balls and, like, knocking zombies over and... Uh, I thought there was like a couple like decent kills here. Like I like um at one point uh, I think one of the characters like smashes you know a zombie's head with the bowling balls and I think it's I think two yeah point, it's two bowling balls. It's kind of like a, yeah. yeah. And like at one point you see like a zombie head go through the you know a thing that uh you know the gutter and then like it comes back up like a bowling ball would like yeah it's like that's decent like you know. It, it, it's not like the best that like again because the way it's like shot and looked it's not like if yeah it felt oh, a bit amazing but. it felt a bit cartoony it's the sort of thing where if it happened in something that was a bit more baiting no pun intended like a bit more yeah. like yeah if this happened in like evil dead 2 or something like that like i mean obviously there's no bullet oh, yeah. in bullet alleys in evil dead 2 but or, or if just like if this was more in line with what happens in the movie that would be fine but it's like yeah, you don't really get like a lot of this, like, uh, and, and kind of after this scene, I can't even really think of too many other kills, like really. Uh, not <laughs> or, really. No, like, I mean like ones that stand out anyway. Yeah, it, it's like it's like it's been try hard, I guess, yeah. and it feels like it's not fitting the movie is what it actually is. If for some reason they get this, they want to go to the school and like find like her dad, you know, find Anna's dad, and find like you know Lisa because the boyfriend wants to find her and everyone else, and they go outside and their plan is to take the inflatable ball pit there's like a ball pit uh that they've been kind of in and it's like the cheapest looking ball pit ever because it's just this, it's like an inflatable pool filled with balls yeah <laughs> um the sort of thing that you'd have at home as opposed to like an actual like you know establishment that has like a proper ball pit for kids but yeah. uh they and basically just, like it, i can't imagine having that at a uh, a bowling alley too it just seems like chaos like so many bolt balls would be getting out and then going into people's lanes and people tripping <laughs> on them. like it seems like such a bad idea but they have this insane plan to go outside with this over their heads is it you know it reminds me of uh like other old comedy things where they have like a boat over their heads and they're yeah they're great. but i'm like why do you think this will disguise you from the zombies it, it didn't make sense to me no it, it's so stupid and especially like the way they lead up to it like you know one of the characters it's like wait a minute i just had a great idea like yo and it seems like they're gonna do this crazy thing but then yeah they're doing this where it's like 
all right, you really don't know anything about the zombies. Like, you know, they can still smell you. They could still see you moving. Like, you know, like, yeah, what is it exactly that you think is going to be protective of this? And then also it's not like, you know, it'd be one thing. It'd make more sense if it was like maybe some type of like metal box or something. Not <laughs> an like, inflatable thing. It's yeah. plastic that could pop. <laughs> yeah, like... And you know, we get like the stupid scene here where they kind of like they, they hunker down and sit down to hide so that the thing's completely covering them. And the the old zombie like comes and sits on it and pees on the American girl's head. Um, and I don't know, like, I just like it wasn't funny. And then <laughs> then the bully Nick shows up with his little gang and they've got baseball bats and like, nah, we're not going to hide, we're, we're beating zombie ass. And he sings a whole song yeah. about it, and it's Eye of the Tiger ripped off. <clears throat> Yeah, and then like this should be cool, but then like even here, like when they are killing zombies, it's not really interesting. Like he just has a bat and is hitting them. That's it. Yep, pretty much. Um, and then one they of the all... characters has a watermelon, I guess. Yeah, that was weird. And then they all they all team up, uh, and they're going to go to the school. And for some reason, they want to like. I guess it made, it made more sense actually as it went on because it's it turned out that this this uh, tree you know place that we're going through actually connected to like a whole shopping mall. So I can kind of buy how going through the shopping mall may actually be a shortcut because they say, oh, this will be quicker to get to the school. And all I could think was, really? Like, it doesn't look like it's, like, just walk, you know, like, what? Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's that big a town. Like, how much of a shortcut do you need? Like, like what? <laughs> you know, I never got the inset and, and, you know, the impression that their workplace at this bowling alley was, like, that, you know, miles and miles yeah. and miles away from the school. But, uh... And it's like, what? Well, no one has a car. And then, like, also, like... The zombies never really feel that threatening in this. Actually, I mean, I'll stick up for that, Tim. That's actually quite realistic that only one of them can drive. Oh, okay. And in the UK, like by the time I finished school, there was maybe like two or three people in the whole year that could drive. By the time I finished school. Okay, well, that's fair. But I, I mean, still though, like the I never felt like the zombies were that imposing. Like it never seems like there's a ton of them. <clears throat> you know, like when they're walking from the bowling alley, like. They seem pretty slow, and again, you have these three, like, you know, uh, young kids that can kind of just fend them off with, like, shopping carts and baseball bats. Like, it doesn't seem, like, super hard <laughs> to mm. get around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they go through the mall. The best friend eventually dies. Although they do have this... It's actually before they go through the tree place, but they have this little heart-to-heart -heart where she kind of has to really emphasize, you're my best friend, John. Yeah. <laughs> best friend. Not not anything else. Best friend. Um <laughs> I just like whatever, but there's never really any. Money. He doesn't even really react to it that much. But he he dies. Mm -hmm. uh, she's all upset about it. They run. They eventually get to the school. Uh, the evil teacher traps them with zombies, but most of them survive. And honestly, most of the plot stuff just kind of blurs together. There's not a whole lot to really separate much in my head. No, definitely not. And and I thought this was really weird. Where like when they get to this part in the movie, it kind of feels like okay, we have, like, our hero versus our villain, but it's also, like, well, I don't know, I, I feel like we, even though Anna is the main character, it doesn't seem like she's been, like, a super focus in the movie, you know? Like, mm. like again, I just feel like I haven't really learned much about her or see her develop, and then this teacher guy, like, it feels like he's supposed to be the villain of the movie, but we've seen him be an asshole earlier in the film, but, like, I, I feel like we miss out on like so I, much of it. I should, and then when we get to the school, it's like <laughs> I should point out though that the teacher is ridiculously evil. Like he he is like so 
like moustache twirly awful to everyone at the start even before the zombies happened he is like so caricature of like an evil teacher it is unreal oh totally but i i still feel like it is like a big step though to go from like you know all right yeah like you're a shitty teacher who hates the students to like i don't know he, he has like a weird like god complex or something now <laughs> where he's like you know like uh, and I, honestly, I don't even really know what his goals are, but <laughs> I, I guess like controlling the zombies now or whatever. I have no idea. I, I like you know, like some of the characters die. The, the couple die. They get back together. They, they kiss. They're happy. They get both get bit. They sort of die together. Uh, you know, the zombies kind of stare at the TV screen at one point, which kind of goes back to the technology theme that was uh, kind of brought up earlier. Uh, you know, basically the thing, I don't really feel like the movies actually try to say anything about people like staring at their phones or staring at the you know, technology. No, if, not at all. It felt like it was more to do with like Anna not paying attention to what's around her and it had nothing to do with the technology of it. Um, and the ending kind of goes along with what I'm thinking because, I don't know, like it felt more like that. I, I, I don't know. It, it felt like it was mixing its messaging a little bit. Well, I feel like it doesn't have a message, but it was trying to maybe seem smart in like that one instance <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it's like this is a tired metaphor it's been made like a billion times before and it's uh i, I don't know that's no reason for it um yeah so the evil teacher has kidnapped anna's dad the janitor and has him tied up with christmas lights on the stage and this is when she comes in sings a song about you know life being a show and we all play our parts and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> and ultimately, like, you know, they both fight off. Oh, the, the dad does eventually punch uh, the teacher, but doesn't intentionally try to kill him or anything like that. It's not until the teacher tries to, uh, you know, to basically attack her dad behind his back that she, like, releases the big star on stage that's on a cable and hits him out of the zombies that are down below. And he, he basically he floats like he's Jesus on the cl- crowd as he's been eaten. It's, you know... <laughs> Whatever. I guess maybe he does see himself as a messiah. I guess. Goes to the god complex. Uh, but the dad got bit, and they have this heartfelt goodbye. And this is, again, this is going back to she didn't really appreciate what her dad or her surroundings were, and now she it's been taken away from her, and she has no choice but to, to move on. Um, that's the, the message of the movie, if there is one. And that's I mean, fine, I guess. It, it kind of feels like this is where the movie should start. Because <laughs> it's like... Anna and the Apocalypse, like, <laughs> you, you know, it's like you should start like that should be like, you know, the first song is this yeah, girl like realizing like everything that she's lost and stuff. And then I should go from there in this like new world. But instead you get all this dumb high school crap that no one cares about. It's the apocalypse of her world as she knows it, Tim. <sighs> I suppose. <laughs> I'm but... being facetious. Don't think I'm defending this. Because <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I did not like this at all. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't even remember how it ends. Like, so it's like uh, her, the bully, and the American girl survive. Yeah, yeah. They get outside. They think they're going to get eaten, and then, but because the uh, American girl who had her car keys taken off of her at the start of the movie by the teacher, she gets them in the, the faculty office, and she shows up at the last second and saves them. Uh, so those are the three survivors who drive off into the sunset. And we, we get to hear, we get to hear again. You can hear the, uh, there's no such thing as a Hollywood ending. Kind of starts creeping back in to the soundtrack at this point. Yeah. And I looked. Well, this is a Hollywood ending. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if they're trying to be like subversive and depressing, where it's like, oh, like the the characters that 
you know, oh, the bully survives, but the, you know, the uh, nice best friend dies and the dad dies and stuff. And it's like, if you're trying to make a point about that, I feel like you haven't earned that movie. Like you, mm. y- you know, like y- you can't be like all generic and stuff and then I don't try to subvert it at the end or whatever. It's kind of weird. I will say I was happy to find out that uh, I I watched the, the shorter of the two cuts, oh, yeah. <laughs> which I'm happy about. I assume you did too. Uh, um, it's, it's streaming on Hulu, so whatever version that is, yeah, probably, probably just a normal. Probably sure, because I watched it on Prime, uh, on US Prime, and apparently okay. uh, the international cut that's on there is about 10, 15 minutes shorter than the UK cut. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I am more than pleased that I locked into watching the shorter version. Thank you very much. So um, that is uh, a sign of the apocalypse. I, I, like, I just... I feel like, like, like I could have appreciated this, even though I don't like musicals, if it if it actually did subvert things with the musical elements of the horror genre and or the zombie genre, and it didn't though. It just it it gave me the most standard zombie uh, plot without really trying to make it have much, make much sense. It, it, the zombies felt kind of lazy in the way they moved. Like when I was watching it on stream, you know, one of the commenters uh, said, "I even don't like the way the zombies move." And I'm like, yeah, yeah no, nah, it feels kind of like, oh, was, oh, that's just how zombies move. Yeah, just do that. Like, if, if, if everything feels just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's just kind of what we're expected to do. And then some songs tacked onto it. I, I love Shaun of the Dead, but I feel like it kind of set this whole, like, uh, all these things in motion where people think, like, oh, all, all you have to do is kind of take, like, a funny premise and add zombies or whatever, and there's your movie. But it's like, no, like, what's so great about Shaun of the Dead is it's like, um, it, it's still like a, an actually well-made, smart movie, and it's... Um, well, Edgar Wright and it, Simon Pegg are good writers, and the difference yeah. is, is that they clearly love zombie movies. They made a movie that was a love letter to zombie films. Right. And so they actually feel like they're influenced by, you know, like Romero zombie movies and, and that sort of thing, whereas these other movies feel like maybe that they're trying to, like, pay homage to Shaun of the Dead, and it's like, no, you can't... <laughs> You can't like be a love letter to something that's a love letter to something else. Like, like you, like if it feels like it was more, I don't know, trying to connect or uh, say something about the zombie genre. I, I feel like that would have been better. But again, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like they they kind of just tack the zombies on to give it something to. I will. So you know, I will disagree with one thing you just said. Just one, one small element. I will disagree that you can't be a love letter to something that's a love letter to something else. I think that's kind of how art uh, kind of evolves is that and shifts through generations is that. Um, but I, I don't think you'd be a love letter to Shaun of the Dead by doing a zombie comedy and just doing a really crappy version of Shaun of sure. the Dead. I think yeah. a love letter to Shaun of the Dead would be to take a different genre and subvert it in the way Shaun of the Dead subverted zombies and say, hey, this is the Shaun of the Dead of, I don't know, vampires. This is the Shaun of the Dead of werewolves. Sure. So this is the zombie... This, this is the Shaun of the Dead of Die Hard, even. Like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. even have to be horror. It could be something else. But, like, that's how you could be a love letter to Shaun of the Dead, I think. Okay, yeah. But, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. But uh, I, I guess the point I was trying to make is, like, it just... Again, it doesn't feel like there's much thought or it, it, it um, feels, I mean, maybe they love zombie movies but i don't know you don't really get it from this i feel like it feels like the shriek i know what you did last friday the 13th <laughs> to scary movie yeah yes that's fair yes so so yes out of the apocalypse is the shriek 
to Shaun of the Dead scary movie. Not that I'm comparing scary movie and Shaun of the Dead because obviously Shaun of the Dead is much much better. Scary movie is a piece of crap. I'll, I'll, I'll hear nothing of it. But <laughs> that's that's where we're going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like on the, uh, I I guess if if I'm gonna give maybe like a little bit of a compliment to it or whatever, I do feel like um it, there is an audience i i feel like for this type of movie like I, I i do feel like there are probably people that will really dig this and then maybe it's just not something that's not for us and again not, not, not necessarily because it's uh musicals but again just because it's not you know uh what we really want and like has the no, horror I, elements I, to it but i get what you're saying it, like i mean sure maybe i would still have a, a problem with it because it's a musical but Ultimately, the reason why I'm tearing it apart is not because it's a musical. I'm tearing it apart right. because it doesn't actually... It doesn't feel like... Um, you know, like it's not taking the tropes and doing something with them. It's just, you know, the whole... Hum- I, I, I feel like we've talked about other movies like this before where it kind of feels like a really lazy attempt at just cashing in on, like, a trend or something like that where as opposed to feeling like someone actually had a good idea and actually wanted to, like, explore the idea and, like, make a movie out of it. Um, totally it feels like i don't know it feels like someone didn't you know it feels like someone who didn't care about zombie movies or at the very least isn't smart enough to know what makes them work sure yeah um, i i think there are still people that would probably like uh enjoy it just uh i don't know like it's the, still, uh, actually it's like it's kind of like uh, whenever i tried watching american horror story and it just didn't work for okay. me and it's basically because it's made for people who have not seen a lot of horror it's made for people who you know, I think for anyone who actually has seen a lot of horror movies, like this, just feels like you're just doing the the tropes with no flair. There's nothing to this. Like it's not doing anything. Yeah, it's also for very horny people. <laughs> it's a very horny show. Is it? Oh, <laughs> oh, there's like it's a it's a Ryan Murphy show, so it's like there's you know a lot of like sex, especially like you know kind of like weird sex stuff in it. Hey, if I'm going to watch a Ryan Murphy show, it's going to be Scream Queens, okay? Let me be. I know. I'm with you. I actually, actually do watch American Horror Story, but I I agree with you. It's like not like, uh, it's like a, like a horror lovers. It's, show. it's a soulless abridged version of the horror genre. Yeah, it's 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 very trashy, which can be entertaining sometimes. But yeah, like if you're making a list of like good horror stuff, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it on there for sure. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Is it time we rate the movie? Is it time we rate Aaron the Apocalypse? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think I have much else to say. And then I guess we haven't really talked too much about it, but the obviously we're doing it because it is a Christmas movie, but Christmas doesn't really factor into it that much, like other than it just, I mean, some of the set dressing at times. Yeah, there's constant Christmas set dressing. But you're right. Ultimately, it doesn't actually matter that much as a Christmas. Uh, yeah. Um. Again, it feels like something that you can, you know, add to that like, you know, hashtag description. You know, where it's like yeah, hashtag thought, Christmas, hashtag zombie. I don't necessarily mind the Christmas not being important though too much because I mean a lot of the stuff I like the set of Christmas I like is Christmas movies that but they're not really important. Like sure. like, like yeah. Die Hard doesn't really need to be set at Christmas, but. Like I, I can't have Die Hard without the Christmas elements because it's it's a Christmas movie, and I know Tim doesn't like Die Hard that much, so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not really. I'm, I'm really rubbing this in. Uh, 
Yeah. But, I, mean, I, I mean, I just bring it up because it's part of our Christmas slate or whatever. Just, sure. Yeah, we, I, I don't think we really mentioned like Christmas once in it. Well, I mean, there's this, you know, there's decorations everywhere. She uses a big candy cane that happens to have a big spike at the bottom of it as her weapon. <laughs> Even though wanna... it looks very light, it looks like it wouldn't actually do anything because it looks too too flimsy. But I mean, whatever. They wanted the visual. And like one of the zombies is like a in like a big snowman costume kind of thing. Mm, yeah, that too, that too. Uh, but there you go. And in the apocalypse, it's uh. <laughs> It's uh, not for us, and I don't think I don't think it's very good. And I, I say that I, I I genuinely do not think this is a good movie, even putting aside my dislike of musicals. Mm. There we go. <laughs> that's my that's my critique. All right, Tim, what are you rating Anna and the Apocalypse? <clears throat> um, I. Uh, again, I didn't really necessarily enjoy it, um, but yeah, I, like I feel like I don't want to be super harsh because it's you might differ uh, with me on this, but like it didn't make me angry. Like it was more just kind of like forgettable in in my case, and like with like a again like a few gags and kills here here and there that I thought like weren't bad, and um, again I don't think the I think the songs are kind of free. like I don't think the songs were necessarily bad, but I also don't think they were like memorable or anything. Like I'm not really humming them afterwards or anything, but like as they're happening, it's not like I'm like, oh, get this over with. I'm like, all right, it's a fine whatever song. So I'm gonna be a little generous. Uh, and again, like you know, I feel like I don't know if uh, again, if you like something like High School the Musical or something, like you probably would like this. I I feel like uh so i'll i'll be somewhat kind of i'll give it like a a four i think but i don't know <laughs> like, i can't really say much else about it like yeah it's i, I was not i i, I again i kind of wanted to love it just because like hey like this could be a fun musical thing and cool zombies and maybe you'll hate it so it'll be fun to really get into it but uh yeah unfortunately i, I just wasn't well feeling it. <laughs> I was on record at one point during this movie as saying out loud, and there's a, I'm sure there's a sound bite of this already. I'm, I'm sure David, one of our patrons, who likes to make sound bites of me doing stuff, um, but I actually said out loud, "I'd rather be watching the boy." I said that at one point. So, oh man, if they if I ever get uh, enough money to stage uh, an off Broadway musical <laughs> version of the boy, oh man, can you imagine? I can. And on that day, I just, you know, on that day, I mean, I, I, I don't want to make light of uh, anything serious here, but um, if I was ever going to consider suicide, I feel like the thought of a boy <laughs> musical would be the thing that does it. Oh, we'll see. Maybe our patrons can make it happen. Everyone betray me. I am done with this world. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, uh, speaking of horror musicals, uh, I one thing I did see in uh, college. I, I took a trip up to New York, and me and a couple of friends, my girlfriend at the time, we saw the Evil Dead musical, uh, which was a lot of fun. Girlfriend at the time, what is she now? Your first victim? Is that, is that, is that what she is now? 
He's my ex. Thank you very much. I think we actually broke up on the, the trip home. So. Oh, it must have been a really good musical. Yeah. <laughs> Put you in a good mood. At the time, the musical was good. It was, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on. Tim, I can't believe you dragged me to that. You're so dumped. <laughs> You're so dumped. First the goat fetish, every night's pizza, and now you drag me to an Evil Dead musical. And we are over. We're through. Uh, I, I like your idea of the woman that I've gone out with. It sounds like a, a, I don't know, some like airhead or something. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I will rate the movie. Um, I will give it. I will give it a 3 out of 10. It is competently made in the sense that, you know, it's typically in focus and, you know, <laughs> those, those, those actors and, you know, so on. But, I, you know, it's, it's everything I dislike about uh, kind of soulless attempts to capitalize on a genre without actually feeling like it has any, any of the heart that that genre normally does. As weird as that sounds, like, I think there's a lot more genuine heart in, like, a Friday the 13th sequel to slasher films than I do see in sure. this to a zombie movie. Um, so, um, it feels like a, an attempt made, or at the very least, though, even if the people behind this do love zombie movies, I don't think they ever really sat down and understood okay what will make this good as a zombie movie because i don't think it's a good musical i don't think it's a good zombie movie i think it's a good christmas movie uh you put all that together and you just have a not good movie yeah and it's like when, when you think of like classic uh zombie movies you don't think of like characters <laughs> uh going through high school like problems and stuff like um you know, like, why not, like, do something like Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead where you have, like, you know, a group of different characters that come together and they can sing about, you know, surviving and living in a shopping mall or having to barricade windows and stuff. Like, that's the kind of stuff I was hoping for and not, yeah, again, like, Hollywood endings and today I'm going to be the best version of me and, like, technology screens. Like, <laughs> it's kind of bizarre. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, you can even drop a lot of references to things. You can start singing, you know, like like you could have someone sarcastic go, "Oh, gee, thanks, Romero," or something in the middle of a song, yeah, or, yeah. or you know, <laughs> like, um, "How about we do this, like Night of the Living Dead?" Yeah. But what about this tactic? I saw it in Resident <laughs> Evil Two. You know, you could, you, yeah. you know, like have fun with it. And oh, I just any any zombie movie that has a scene in a graveyard that doesn't make a you know, they're coming to get you, Barbara joke mm -hmm. is automatically loses a point for me. Yeah. yeah I don't know what to say. I would say <laughs> that's us. That's Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, can't wait for the porn power to in on the Apocalypse, but. Um... Oh. <laughs> Asspocalypse. Oh, Anna and the Asspocalypse, yeah. <laughs> well, there's no point in having anal and ass. Like, that's, that's redundant. <laughs> so it's a redundant porn title. Oh, yeah. I mean... You know those uh those uh people that that are in the porn industry. The one thing they don't want to be is redundant. Yeah, I think we should do, do the, uh, the the porn parody like uh, like little joke at the end of every episode now, Tim, just to make sure that YouTube knows this is not intended for children. We'll just do a little porn parody <laughs> talk at the end. Uh, yeah. So they don't flag us as suitable <laughs> for kids, uh, and then we get sued by uh, whatever. FTC? I think it's the FTC? Uh, don't matter. Anyway, uh, so 
yes, that is uh, that is Anna and the Apocalypse. So you can, of course, let us know what you think of Anna and the Apocalypse. If you've seen it, you unfortunate souls, in the comments below. And you can, uh, you know, like and subscribe, ding the bells on YouTube, make sure you get the notifications. All that helps, as does rating the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, a nice little review. More people will find us that way. And the show will grow and continue to flourish and... Uh, we can do bigger and better things and so on and so on um, you can of course also support us financially we mentioned Patreon earlier, patreon.com slash mailfuzztv, go and have a look over there and see if you're interested in getting a bonus episode every month, uh, next one's coming soon, and it is Christmas related, as I said earlier, so you can do all that, uh, and other than that, you know, check out other content we have, get us on Twitter at Screams Midnight, uh, other stuff we have, we have a sci-fi movie podcast called The Atomic Cinema Experiment, The Ace, which I do with Tara uh, there's also a weekly comic book podcast called Comics from the Multiverse, uh, it's all about DC Comics uh, me, Connor and Matt do that so check out these different shows and see if you're interested in any of this stuff. Um, but that's us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys, although not ones with singing. And we will see you next time. And Tim, did you know there's no such thing as a Hollywood ending? <laughs>